Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we review, examine, and rate each Bare Naked Lady song one at a time, seven to Y. I'm your host, Tracy, and I am joined by my friends, Aaron, Michelle, and tonight's song is Old Lang Syne off the 2004 album Bare Naked for the Holidays. Here is a quick snippet of the song for those of you who have not picked up this album. So this is our first song reviewing off this album. As we've discussed before, the band was highly encouraged to do this by their management after Everything to the Everyone album to do a holiday album. They did that and then a follow-up tour, but Steven was not a fan of doing this album at all. <laughs> he did go through with it, he did write songs for it, but he was not a fan of this album. And many of the songs that they did for this album, they had already been doing in prior years for concerts. Anyways, we'll kind of review that as we come to those songs, but this is a song that no one wrote because it's just a staple of theirs that they would do whenever they came to a New Year's Eve concert that they would do. This is the song they would play. This is their first album that they recorded at Steven's home studio which is fresh baked woods and the first album of theirs to be released on their own record label desperation records mm. also the first album without a naked track so a lot of firsts on this album mm. it received gold status in canada it reached number 64 on the billboard charts personally i love this album and it's on my playlist every christmas season you know along with all the other christmas songs this is one of the ones i have every song on on this album on my rotation with this disc they also released the bare naked on a stick on sale at the concerts in 2004 and 2005 as part of the tour which was their holiday album as well as some live recordings promo photos and instant messaging buddy icons for people who remember what instant messaging <laughs> is oh yeah and it was sold through network <clears throat> site which is now shut down and uh, amazon.com although you can no longer buy it unless you go on ebay this song is the last one on the album which fits with the song and the purpose of the song it's this is a much more conservative version of the song than what they would do in concert in concert they tended to do different lyrics for every single verse after the first verse whereas on here they just do the first and second verse and then kind of leave it with the choruses for the rest of it i was fortunate enough personally to see them do this live in concert in on their maroon tour the first year i happened to see them in boston when they were playing on New Year's Eve with Guster opening for them, which we can get to another time. Guster, I fell in love with Guster because of seeing them at this Bare Naked Ladies concert. But they did play this song live in concert on that date back in 2005, and it was absolutely amazing, and I was so excited when the album came out. Nice. I liked, I have this CD, and I love this album, and it's also on my holiday rotation. Um, I... This particular version of the song that's on the album, I feel it kind of starts out like a funeral dirge. You know, it's kind of 
<laughs> and it's just sort of like I was thinking about it while I was listening to today. I'm like, what could they do to improve that? To can they pick up the tempo a little bit? Could they like what's going on here? But then as soon as the harmonies start coming in and you get the layers in, it goes from a funeral dirge to being majestic, and it's just gorgeous. So once the you know the twenty part harmonies are there. It's beautiful, but at first it's like really. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to to listen to. <laughs> you know their live versions because I went on YouTube and watched several of their live versions mm. of it, and it's that was pretty great. But the album version, I would say, is not my favorite version of it, but it definitely improves as the show goes on. Well, and for anyone who doesn't know this song, like, first of all, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, <laughs> but basically, the song is an old Scottish song that's asking the question, you know, as time goes by and people leave our lives, should we forget them? Should we leave them behind and forget our good memories of them? Or should we honor them? Which is kind of a very sad thought and a way to look at life. And then it answers itself as the song goes on that, no, we shouldn't. We should respect them and we should honor them. We should celebrate those past relationships that we've had. Right. For old Which I think is actually very apropos of the way that BNL does this song with it starting off very slow yes. and, and yeah. dirge-like with the, you know, the sadness of it. And then becoming, no, we should celebrate it. And they, they become very celebrational with it. Exactly. So I like that analysis, Michelle. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it, it sounded today. You know, just as I was listening to today, I'm like, yeah, okay. But I was also looking at the lyrics and it's, let's, for old time's sake, let's lift a glass and I see remember for our friends. Yeah, that's a great song. Reminds me of New Year's. <laughs> what did you think, Aaron? Well, I guess you guys are going to make me be a literal Scrooge here. Easy. Oh, we didn't, missed that. Didn't love it. Uh, you know, I mean, look, it's all blank sign. It's like, you know, it's, if you're going to sing a folk song on New Year's Eve or listen to one, it's a go-to song. It's the song, I dare say. It's and the song. And there's nothing wrong with this song. <sighs> However, <laughs> you want, okay, let, let's talk about, let's talk about the, the, the structure and the form and the, and the chords and all that. Let's do the breakdown. <laughs> Breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Aaron's gonna talk about construction and time. <laughs> uh, so, you know, a lot of the songs we've been going over are like A A B A A A B A A B A B A A B A B A B C A B. You know, some of the simple ones are like A B A B, like some of the kids' songs, stuff like that. This is an old folk song. The chorus has identical chord changes to the verse. It's really the same thing over and over again. So if you ask me, what is the form of this song? I have to answer A. <laughs> and that's it. Not particularly interesting from a musical standpoint, but I do agree the uh, the harmonies are what save this. The harmonies are what make this really, really pretty. Um, it is about 40... Okay, technically speaking, I think a lot of people would call this 90 BPM. 
but really it's about halftime. If you listen to the drums, I think it's actually 45 BPM. It's very slow, as Michelle pointed out. Wow. But, you know, again, it, you know, it honestly, it, it seems it, like a, a reverent and heartfelt rendition. I could definitely see myself putting this on for New Year's Eve. Having said that, while I by no means would call this a bad song or a bad recording or arrangement of a song, it's not something that I would seek out, you know, unless it's New Year's Eve. That's, that's the obvious <laughs> caveat there. That's the only time to listen <laughs> if, to this song. It was, in fact, this New Year's coming up uh, for 2019 when it comes around in uh, five, uh, what, uh, seven months or so, I will likely uh, reach for this one. But, you know, uh, it's, it's certainly not a song... <laughs> You know that I would point someone towards if they were looking to get a feel for what BNL is all about. They said, "Hey, Aaron, what's what's bare naked ladies like?" The first thing on my lips is never going to be, "Oh, you got to check out All Black Sign." <laughs> I mean, and I get it. It's it's a holiday album. It's just not something that I would seek out with any regularity. But I I have a bias. Uh, I'm not a big fan of holiday music in general, unless you count Halloween, <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas, all the way. I'm I'm totally. Some of the more minor the cat ones came back the yeah, very right? next day. Yeah. Uh, some of the more minor ones, like <laughs> Carol the Bells or whatever, I might be into. But I'm not a big. I'm not big. You know, as soon as they start playing, like the day after Halloween, they start playing the Christmas music, and my my hair starts to stand up on my arms a little mm. bit. So I'm not that guy. So this is clearly not going to be up my alley. Having said that, I completely agree with Michelle. The the harmonies are lovely once you get into them, and uh, it's certainly nothing that it, it wasn't a struggle to get through. You know, and it's. It, a nice little rendition of a familiar tune that we all love to celebrate ringing in the new year and what else can you really say about it it's all lang syne it's bnl they're great musicians they did a great version of it when i think it's funny that we associate this song with new year's mm-hmm. eve i mean it is a new year's eve song even in scotland yeah but the scottish tradition's nothing like or about this song the song well actually originally was kind of a poem that was kind of translated into a song but it's sung at a number of different occasions in scotland and in the british isles so scotland sings it at at the end of any gathering pretty much and i'm not going to even try to slaughter the word of what the, the scottish word is for for gatherings or special gatherings that they have over there but it's played also at Scottish weddings as the last song. It's played at the end of funerals as their last song. Graduations. Anytime that there's a goodbye or a change in life, they do this as their last song of the evening. Even in the British Isles, a lot of their ceremonial meetings and events tend to be with this. So, for example, when Hong Kong switched from, from British rule to Chinese rule... Mm this song they played the night beforehand that's right I heard about that. Um, so it's an ending and renewal song but it's not i mean we in america and in canada tend to associate <laughs> it with new year's eve but it's not very much associated yeah so yeah i personally i love this rendition of it even as a song it's not my favorite song in the world it's definitely not my favorite bnl song by a long shot but as a bnl version of a song and if you're going to have to do a holiday album then yeah this has to be your last song of the album and i think that probably they were thinking like yeah we played this so many times at concerts like we we have to put this on there it's it's a staple of ours and if i remember correctly i could be wrong um, to kind of going with the Scottish tradition, they played this at the end of their concerts in Scotland mm. pretty consistently as well. Nice. Uh, whenever they went there. So even if it wasn't New Year's. I, I personally, I love this song. I love Kevin's playing on the beginning. I know it sounds kind of dirge-like, but it's <laughs> I like the gentle keys. Yeah, that I like dirges. Puts in there. I'm a Halloween guy, remember? <laughs> 
You're like, I'm all about the beginning of this song. <laughs> the good part. <laughs> and I think, you know, listening to it, list, I listened to it probably about five times this week, which did put me in the end of the end of the year kind of mode. Mm. The keys throughout it, like at one point I was listening to the song just for the, each of the different instruments, and the keys, he just stays gentle on those keys throughout the whole song, even when it picks up and becomes a little bit, I don't know how you would describe it, Aaron, but a little bit more bombastic. Mm. When the harmonies kick in, they also bring up the electronic guitar, the drums, uh, the bass. It all becomes a little bit more energetic. But you, in the background, if you're listening really carefully, Kevin still stays gentle on the keys, yeah. and it was amazing. Yeah, it gives it a little extra something. It's funny, especially with a really layered pop rock, anything post-Beatles, post-Phil Spector, Wall of Sound era, there's a lot of stuff in songs. I, I have been fortunate enough to have had access to some tracks from various bands where you can have the, the tracks separate. Like, a lot of these are made available for people to do, like, uh, covers or to do, like, remixes and stuff like that. Like, The Who, for instance, have some amazing stuff going on in the background it's really really light you know what i mean like there's a lot of stuff like uh, i'm thinking of the song eminence front oh yeah great keys great synth great. on that and it's so layered and when you can isolate the tracks you're like oh really that was running through the whole song this list you only hear it in certain parts when, it, when the dynamics of everything else comes down but it's there and it's, it's just stuff that maybe subconsciously changes how you perceive the song so I really dig that. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's some great keys throughout. There's uh, great instrumental work, and the harmonies in particular are really good. It becomes more powerful as it goes on. Mm -hmm. I know when it hit that last set of choruses, I, I I felt like I always almost feel compelled, even if I'm just trying to like break it down and listen mm -hmm. to it, I feel compelled to sing along with it. Yeah, I, I got the air. And I and think that, that's what they want. Yeah, that's good song craft, especially if you're going to repeat the same chorus so many times <laughs> no and i'm being serious like that's the way that's the nature of that song it's like total eclipse of the heart yeah but that's <laughs> there's 87 verses that repeat the chorus repeats 87 times that's the nature of that song it's exactly the same yeah you better do something to differentiate and like like slightly said, off key build. by bonnie tyler <laughs> i'm sorry that's a karaoke classic <laughs> I'm sorry, Aaron. I talked right over you no, about no, no, nothing no. related. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, you could talk. You could talk to me about Total Eclipse of the Heart all day. Ask Becca. But um, please, oh, good. I want to have that conversation yeah. all day because every time I hear that song, I go into a rage. Turn around. No. Oh my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, it's totally a karaoke yeah, song too. You, so. you, but you have to, with a repetitive song like this, you have to be able to differentiate and build towards some kind of climax. So they did that well, and that's that, that's good song craft, and that's they good did a great job. Yep, yeah, agreed. And I like how how Stephen and Ed took turns. Yes, on, that was nice. Mm, yeah, it's really gorgeous hearing their voices and then hearing them come together during the choruses. That must be the end of the good times. Yeah, 2005. That's before things started to fall apart. Or right yeah. at the beginning of when things started to fall apart. Yeah, just as things started to change. Yep. And once again, I think this album might have had something to do with it. Because once again, Stephen came off from Everything to Everyone. 
He was energized by it. He loved it. And then we come to this album, which he has very blatantly said he did, but he it was not his idea, was not what he wanted to do, follow up from everything to everyone, right. so, which is too bad. But I'm also not going to complain because there are a lot of songs on this album that I'm glad they did because I don't think we ever would have heard them except for in concert otherwise. Being able to hear them over and over again is a, is a special treat. Um, we'll come to it later, but Elf's Lament with Michael Bublé is <laughs> such a treat that I'm excited to get to a year from now, but it's absolutely phenomenal, and it wouldn't have happened without this album. So it's hard to go on much more about this song just yeah, because it it's... Is, yeah. It is what not, it is, agreed. Yeah. Yep. It's not written by them in any way, shape, or form, words or music. So it, it is what it is. They've done to it what they could, and it was a good finish for their album, I think. And they made it their own, for sure. Yeah, I agree. So should we do some ratings? Yes, let's do it. Indeed. If I had a wish, or even a choice, I'd wake up to the sound of your voice. For the rating system this week, I am saying, let, how many New Year's resolutions would you give it? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Um, I'll start since we're here. I am giving it a three. It's a good, solid song. The beginning, and, and maybe it's a conscious choice. They did it that way specifically, but it didn't start speaking me until the grand finale. But it's a good song. They did a good job with it. I'm giving it a three. How about you, Tracy? Um, I'm going to give it a 3.25. I'm going to play the Price is Rights game here. And... One dollar. <laughs> One dollar. <laughs> It is definitely not something that I would listen to on a daily basis. Yeah. There's only like once or twice a year that I'll even listen to it. Even with it on my rotation for Christmas, if it comes up during the holiday season before Christmas, I skip it. It is a very time-specific song for me, even though it is a well-done song. However, between that week, between Christmas and New Year's, if it comes on during that time, I will definitely listen to it every time. Um, and you'll, I'll always catch myself, and unfortunately the people in the car will catch me singing to it as well. <laughs> it's just a very powerful song that I enjoy thoroughly. There's no part of it I don't enjoy. But for that reason, it, yeah, because it's so time-specific, I have to go 3.25. Perfect. Aaron. <laughs> well, I'm going to be the Scrooge, as predicted today. Not, not by a whole <laughs> lot. I think we're mostly in lockstep here, but... I'm going to give it 2.9 New Year's resolutions out of 5. Oh, there you go. So I'll say that I ran a 5K, I gave up smoking, and I, I lost 9 out of 10 pounds that I promised to lose. So I almost <laughs> kept my three New Year's resolutions. <laughs> it's not bad. Honestly, that's not, it's not bad. Now, honestly, I am a little more excited this week to talk about our appearance mm. that we have i know we're a month out still at this point from the the big juno's event that happened and when i when i kind of was putting this together i was like oh it's a ways back but that's okay i want it in there i think we should keep celebrating the big juno's mm. award anyways so this is obviously not bnl's first time being on the juno's <laughs> they've won numerous awards in the past uh, i think the numbers. 15, 16, something somewhere around there. And in 2002, they won no awards. But they hosted the whole <laughs> Juno show, and I'm not going to put on the whole uh, show. For, you know, I'm going to split it up and kind of enjoy it in bits and partials over the next few weeks, I think. They started off the Junos introducing it with a skit and a song mm -hmm. that they hand wrote and created for the Junos specifically that also won them the Gemini, which is the 
the Canadian version of the Emmy or the BAFTA, won them the Gemini for the following <laughs> year because it was so well written so for this introduction, especially explaining that they were not nominated for an award. <laughs> Won them an it award. was hilarious. Yeah, it's you know what? It's kind of like they're. If I had a million dollars, I'd be rich. Like they're mm-hmm. so good with their punchlines. Like we weren't nominated. It just that you know they build it up and build it up and build yeah. it up, and there it is, larger than life. It was hilarious, and the video is it's... so good, which is on yeah. YouTube, and anybody can watch it. it. But the the Laverne and Shirley nod was brilliant. Oh my god. That was Austin amazing. You don't see it coming. And Tyler is, I don't think he gets enough credit as a drummer. He is oh, yeah. Yeah. right on the money. That performance doing live, I mean, he was on it. He is tight as hell and just right there. He is so good. And I just, Agreed. I think he we, needs to get a nod. And we get to hear him sing. Yes. <laughs> we do not get to say that often, but we get to hear him singing there. That's true, yeah. yeah. I really loved the uh, Canadian-style self-deprecating humor. You know, that's one of the things that um, really kind of initially attracted me to the band. Because, you know, there, there's a lot of... There, there's something about Canadian... Maybe it's the fact that I'm half Canadian, right? There's just something so... I don't know. There, <laughs> the passive-aggressive, like... But very good-natured about it. It's so funny. It's like nothing... It's almost like... It, it's, it's kind of a cool combination. It's like somewhere between... British humor and American humor because you know the British humor is exactly. so much more ironic and American humor is so much more sarcastic and then somewhere in between you've got <laughs> you got sarcastic irony in Canada and it's just it's the spicy meatball With of the incredible world. politeness I on love top it. of it yeah it's it's fantastic oh the British humor they like to be it's a biting biting yeah. irony like I'm going to make fun of you and insult you for for the way that with the jokes that I'm going to put out there but I'm also insulting myself at the same time whereas the Canadians are much more polite with it and they're only kind of just putting it out there and being ironic but not in a way that they're attacking (laughs) you specifically but in a way that you can laugh along with the joke as well Um, very very self-effacing it's like like trailer park boys (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It's, it's, it's so great. But I, anyway, I didn't mean to, to uh, get us off into a crazy tangent on, on humor. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a big part of what they do, their shtick. And I I certainly appreciated it uh, in this video here. So just wanted to chime well, in. Well, and throughout that. it, you get that. You get Stephen and Ed doing what they mm-hmm. do so well, which is playing on words constantly. You know, er, pretty much every other line is some kind of play on words that they've written in. The video behind it as well is just, like, amazing and that they're coming up with all these little puns. And if you're watching, there's, like, little bits and pieces you can pick it out no matter how many times you watch it. Indeed. I bought you a card. I don't know where to send it. Wrote it from the heart. I'm not sure how to end it. Well, we always notice our mistakes when we look back on our choices, and sometimes we've said things in error. We hope that you're friendly enough in order to send us an electronic postcard with chimpanzees. So feel free to correct our errors and give us constructive criticism on how to improve our show. Or, you know, just add to the discussion by joining and visiting us on Facebook at Bare Naked ABCs, or visiting us at BowlingStormTrooperEntertainment.com, or writing us, you know, the bare naked truth of the matter at barenakedabcs.gmail.com. I don't know if anyone has any 
any uh, plugs that they would like to throw in tonight? Uh, no plugs. Watch Controller Throwers at uh, twitch.tv slash controller throwers. <laughs> I missed a great one the other night, oh, I guess. We played Jackbox and we designed some terrible t-shirts. It was great. Yeah, we love to do audience interactions. This uh, this Saturday, well, by the time this comes out, time travel, uh, it'll be a blast Saturday, but uh, we're, we're doing Choice Chamber, where the audience can interact with the game and mess with me as I play, so that'll be fun. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Actually, you can post that on, on our Facebook page if sure, you want, so people to. are Thank you. paying attention to that, and then, uh, that. yeah, hopefully people will catch it ahead of time, since this will come out after that. <laughs> Um, Wait, but what, I mean, what always... are you talking about? We're recording on Tuesday, this Tuesday, whenever that is, <laughs> right? Right now, right now. I mean, now. Monday. We're, we're, or... we're talking to you live. Whatever, right whatever this time and day it is, that's when this is now. <laughs> that's right. We are it's, recording it's in the now. year 2020. And when you, if you listen to this and then you play it back later, we're doing it live again for your amusement. Every it's time you press now. play, we have to get back in here and do it all again the same way with the same tone of voice. It's exhausting. So it is. We we appreciate your support. I'm even wearing the same clothing. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not wearing any clothing. <laughs> oh no! This is our naked track. <laughs> <laughs> well, <sighs> well, tonight we discussed the song that rings out the old year with the image <laughs> of an old man. Of the previous year and rings in the new year with the image of a baby of the new year. You might say that each year we start out in the baby seat and grow up just a little. Speaking of which, next week we're going to be ringing out an old letter and ringing in a new one. We have survived the A's. Can you believe it, guys? Yay, finally. Say what? <laughs> We made it through the A's. We mastered a whole letter. Wow, that's impressive. (laughs) We get the privilege to move on to another one. Letter B. Letter B. (laughs) I'm having flashbacks to Sesame Street. Yes. (laughs) I love that. Which didn't look like bees at all. It looked more like ants. Or beetle. I don't know. Oh, and they were so Beatles. English. Like the Beatles, the literal Beatles. I don't know. <laughs> it might have been Beatles. They didn't have anything on their backs. The Oneidas. So. You can do better, Jim Henson, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so next week we're going to be talking about growing up with Baby C. So enjoy the week's people. We'll see you then. Oh, yeah. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.